0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Joining Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios, Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, rocket can. All right, uh, as we've been discussing throughout the show, mostly NBA tonight, All-Star game, everything else. But prior to all the All-Star activities, we had the NBA trade deadline during the week. And the biggest deal of them all came down between the Nets and the Sixers. We already gave you a little bit of a Sixer look from our buddy uh, Kyle Newbeck from Philly Sports, uh, phillyvoice.com. Now we're going to take a look at it through the Brooklyn lens. The guy's been calling their games for close to 20 years. Their lead radio analyst on their radio network for the Nets, our buddy Tim Capstor joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. Capper, how you been?
1: I've been great, Jody Mack. Great to hear your voice.
0: My pleasure. Good to hear your voice. I hear it plenty when I catch the net games on the radio. And uh, you're going to have to learn some new names and some uh, new uh, games as you do the Nets games here in the second half of the season. Uh, We know the details of the deal. Uh, Ben Simmons had his first meeting with the media the same way that James Harden did down in Philadelphia. Anything that came out of there that either grabbed your interest, intrigued you, uh, made you shake your head a little bit? Uh, I know Ben a little bit, having been down in Philly for years. He's not an overly effusive guy, and he wasn't the other day. But what did you take out of his first foray with the media?
1: you You could catch a little needling here and there from both parties. It was James Harden saying a couple things like, you know, I always wanted him. Philly was my number one choice. And maybe there was a little something from Ben Simmons here and there. Not particularly, you know, but I thought all in all it was professional. I think he's looking forward to a fresh start, Ben Simmons. And I think if you think of a place where he could fit and maybe really kind of thrive without that much pressure and be able to do what he does well, I mean, on paper, it sounds it sounds like, a really great piece of the puzzle, but you know how these things work. You never know.
0: Agreed. Um, one of the things, since you brought up Harden and what he had to say down in Philly, I was a little surprised. He did say that he and Kyrie are good friends. Most people assume that the biggest deterrent with James Harden in New York was Kyrie, different uh, game, different uh, attitudes and the like. I don't really understand how Kyrie gets along with anybody but he gets along famously with KD Uh, but most people thought it was those two not being able to occupy the same space a lot of reports that it was as much KD that uh, Harden didn't get along with or didn't see eye to eye with Um, do you can you concur with those reports do you believe those reports or do you think it was just a bad divorce uh, for Harden leaving Brooklyn?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Durant's the one that played with Harden this year. I mean, Kyrie didn't play with him, you know, so so you, you understand. So probably there was some, some tension there at times. Harden played a little differently this year, uh, Jody, I thought. I, I didn't think he played the same. Last year, he came in with an attitude of, I'm going to set everybody up, get the ball moving, do this, do that. He got back a little bit to his Houston Rocket ways um, this year, and I think that style of holding on to the ball, dribbling in it, and he wasn't really quite one hundred percent as far as getting back his explosiveness and all that. I think that could have been part of it, but you don't know. Everybody kind of speculates on everything. Sure. But from a basketball standpoint, that's what I noticed. It wasn't it wasn't quite the same of James Harden just kind of moving it, getting everybody involved and, and 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 certainly getting everybody set up. He held on to it a little bit more. And I think maybe there could have been something there.
0: Fair enough. And we only saw less than 20 games with Kyrie, KD, and James on the floor at the same time. So I don't know if we ever truly got a read on whether that big three would work together. So now you got to look at the new big three. I I do know Ben Simmons. I've been watching him play all his years here in Philadelphia. He is best with the ball in his hands, much like James. Um, he just isn't going to be a guy who's going to end up shooting it near as often as James does. But can Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, if Kyrie, uh, if New York ever clears uh, the COVID, and I do want to ask you about that in a second, Um, and he is a full-time participant, he and Ben in the backcourt together, can they coexist?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely, because think about it, Kyrie Irving got, got off the ball as far as, not playing point guard with James Harden. In fact, he's better at that. He's better at not necessarily bringing the ball up, but creating after receiving the ball from the sides or whatever. Uh, so that won't be a problem. What will really help the Nets is that very few players, and you know his game better than I do, Ben Simmons, but he goes from one end of the floor to the other incredibly fast. Yep. He, he really put, The pace of the game plays to his strengths going fast. That's what the, the Nets. That's where the, you beat the set defense up the floor. He's really good at that. You, you think you would think in theory that there's enough shooting on the floor with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and whoever else they put out there that he doesn't necessarily have to be a scorer. And maybe that would be really perfect in his in his in his style of play. Although sometimes those guys that don't score it clog up the paint and do all those kinds of those are their, their defenders are problems for other guys. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think there's going to be zero problems as far as that playing alongside uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you know, it, and yet they'll move him around. They'll try to utilize what he can do. They certainly need his defense and he's not going to feel the, the pressure to to score with this group. He'll probably screen a lot though. If they, If people are helping off him, one of the most dangerous things you can do then is set great screens because the guy defending that's helping way deep in the paint can't recover in time. So I'm sure he'll do a lot of a lot of screening also after he pushes the pace and tries to make plays.
0: He is absolutely one of the best defensive players in the NBA and the Nets will benefit from that. Tim Capstor, radio analyst for the Nets, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. One of the guys who will also benefit is his former teammate, once again, now his present teammate. And I say former because he didn't play any of the first 50 games for the Sixers this year. But Seth Curry, part of the deal that went to Brooklyn, he jumped right into the mix. We haven't seen Hard nor Simmons in their new team's uniform just yet. But Curry did have a good game in his first game in Brooklyn. How is he going to be utilized in their rotation?
1: No, he's going to have a – it's going to be terrific for him. I, I think – I think he he I think he's played two or three games right now. I, I, and each time, he's looked very comfortable in that he gets to play his game right now, but not necessarily have to play around. you um, know, in, in, uh, with the best low post presence or post presence anywhere, in Joel Embiid, he's 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 good moving, much like his brother Steph. He moves well, cutting around the floor. I think with the, with the Sixers, he was oftentimes a little stagnant, waited for the ball to come. He could knock a great three-point shooter, but has a little bit more to his game than people had thought uh, over the last few years. He's got a good pull-up game. He handles the ball. He can play pick and roll. I think he'll be very, very effective. And the Nets don't know what the status of Joe Harris is. This has been, you know, they've had tough luck with a lot of different things this year, and Joe Harris is one of those issues. So if Steph Curry can uh, if, if Steph Curry can hop in there and be that factor of shooting the ball, or Patty Mills, one of those at a time on the floor, uh, that would really, really be help, uh, helpful and lessen the blow of not having Joe Harris.
0: All right, uh, I know that you're probably not going to be able to answer this question, but I'm just going to ask you to give us any background information you have. When do the Nets expect Ben Simmons to jump into their lineup? We know Harden's going to come out and play first game after the break with the Sixers. He sat the couple games, as did Ben up there in Brooklyn. Any indication as to when he is going to be mentally healthy enough to be able to take his spot in the uh, Nets
1: lineup? I, I think it's more of a f- physical thing. You know, I, I think they just want to make sure that he's competing, uh, with guys, NBA level guys and, and, you know, to avoid any potential injury stuff. You know, I, I don't know the, the other parts of it that well. I know they are, they're very cautious. They're cautious with Kevin Durant right now. They're cautious. And yet time is starting to run out of time. There's like 22, 23 games left. So I, I don't know for sure. I don't know. I was, I was, I was hoping that maybe he jump in there right after the all-star break, but it doesn't sound like that. So I, I really don't have an indication on that at all.
0: All right, Timmy, let's talk about some of those other pieces. you got to wait for Durant to get healthy. You know, I still have the uh, whole COVID in New York question to go, but let's go to the other guys you mentioned, Harris. Don't know when he's coming back. Drummond comes up. He actually played pretty well for you in the first couple of games as well. LaMarcus Aldridge is your starting center. You know Patty Mills is going to do what he does coming off the bench, giving you the instant offense. The the Thomases of the world, the claxon of the world, the Blake seems to be fading here. Griffin of the world. Do the Nets have enough around them? We know the stars are going to take them as far as they go, but you need to have those other guys be able to contribute. Is this roster good enough to make an Eastern it, Conference championship run? It,
1: it's an interesting roster right now because it's a little bit, it's a, it's 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 a little bit different than 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 a lot of the league right now. This the, the NBA is made up in a, of an awful lot of. Six seven players that can play multiple positions. Nets are Nets have a lot of centers right now. They have a lot of centers that there's no way you can get everybody in the game. If you if you're going to play Drummond and Lamarcus Alders, you might find a way to play Blake Griffin and uh, and Claxton Summit the uh, power forward. But th- that's not really how the NBA's played all nope. that often, especially when you got Ben Simmons coming in and, and who can be a point guard and a power forward all at the same time, and Kevin Durant can be. So there's a logjam of big players that the Nets have right now. I think ideally they would have liked to, uh, you know, the Matisse-Sibles of the world, those wing defensive athletic guys become very valuable in the playoffs. Nets have some of that in Bruce Brown, maybe a James Johnson, guys like that. But, uh, you know, their roster is, is incredibly talented right now it's really interesting but if there were an area that you wish that if you're a net span that you wanted to have a little bit more of would be that wing depth of that six six to six eight athletic guy I, ideally you wanted to be a three and d guy that can make shots they're not as easy to find but um uh they missed that a little bit but i think i think the, the the value of Ben Simmons and being able to be that kind of guy that can lock down uh, elite wing players. You can yep. move him to any spot you want. I, I think Drummond's ability to rebound will help at times. You don't want to bank on him all the time, but he can give you a lot of minutes. Uh, I think it's a really, really interesting team, but uh, the Nets, and it got a real chance to challenge. It's just like you said, though, for a couple of years. Is, is, are they going to be Are they going to be fortunate enough and healthy enough to make a run? Because they've got to get some games under the belt to get some continuity going into the playoffs. All
0: right, Kapper, I asked this question of uh, Kyle when I had him on earlier from a Sixer perspective. I want to get your net perspective as well. This trade has been talked about for months, basically since the season started and Ben Simmons was a no-show here. and We knew Daryl Morey had an infatuation with James Harden, tried to get him last year big time when the Nets did. So this isn't something that came out of left field. It's been speculated on for basically a half a year. It finally got done. Why? Who compromised? Was there a sense of urgency more on one side than the other? Why do you think the much speculated deal finally happened?
1: Because uh, I think it was clear Harden did, didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be there, and it was affecting the Nets team. So there was fear, it, it was clear. I thought the Nets held out very well. I, I, I don't. Again, we don't know. The, I don't have any insight to the details of how it all all came about. But I thought it was. I thought it was clear. And obvious that James Harden was no longer going to be content being being a Brooklyn Net. It wasn't going to work. And I thought, uh, all things considered, the Nets did a very good job of of kind of you know sunk costs and all that and all that kind of deal. But I thought the Nets did a, a a good job obtaining Ben Simmons. But I also thought Seth Curry, Drummond, and then retrieving a couple draft picks. I thought I think it I think it it was the best the Nets could do. And honestly, I watched Harden play last year. And for two months, I thought he was the best player in the NBA. If he can bring that to the Philadelphia Sixers this year, 76ers this year, they're going to be awful happy also. So maybe it can be a win-win for both teams. And wouldn't it be great if they end up in the playoffs against oh. each other? Oh, that would be unbelievable. Have me on again then, Yes,
0: I. you <laughs> certainly are already penned in if that is the case. I will have Tim <laughs> Capstraw back on again. I right, two more. Um, I put it off a couple times. Kyrie and the fact that he hasn't gotten vaccinated. New York has got different rules than other places. He can play road games. The Nets took the stance of, no, either you're a full-time player or you're not. But they realized, damn, we, we could watch this whole season go right by the boards. We better get him in for at least the games we can. So as of now, he's playing road games but not home games. I saw Adam Silver yesterday make pretty damn good point. I know he's got a lot of juice, but I don't know that he can make things happen politically in the city of Brooklyn That Kyrie can't play because he's not vaccinated, but visiting players who aren't vaccinated can come in and play. If we're worried about protecting people, why aren't we worried about protecting them against visiting players? It doesn't make sense. He made an excellent point, but I've seen no movement whatsoever. uh, And it can turn on a dime and change at any moment how much of the nets banking on it happening is, is there anything that they can do to try and lobby people to say uh, come on the rest of the world is lightening up the restrictions what's the deal here in brooklyn how is this whole thing going to shake out between now and the playoffs for kyrie uh,
1: amazingly it's the only one person who is affected by that rule the ruling and it's you know uh the the re, not, resident entertainer of uh, in in of all these, is only one person, and that's Kyrie. Yeah, I think even Eric Adams, who's the new mayor, understands it's 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 not fair. It's it's not it's not it's not right. I think it's a timing thing right now. I think all things, I think all things considered, uh, I think Adam Silverfield, I think everybody understands that, and, and really, because it is affected, and thats we have been saying this for months, uh, that how this it doesn't seem right. But I think when you're dealing with perception and an entire city you're responsible for, I think people's in, people in these powerful positions want to make sure that uh, the, the correct message is getting across. And, I, and obviously, it was a message of wanting everybody to get vaccinated. So hopefully, they can see the, uh, the cases continuing to decline and they can they can do the. They can do what they're comfortable with, and then allow Kyrie Irving to play. I, I think everybody will be good with that. I just don't think that a mayor could hear it from right away and say, "Okay, we're going to change that right now." I think he's got to kind of get a little bit. I don't know. Got to not save face or anything like that, but it's a little bit like. I just think he's got the timing is right. I, I think it's encouraging now, but. But who knows, you know? And, you know, you just never know. Certainly nobody's ever been able to predict anything so far. So it's, mm. it's a hard call.
0: That's very true. And, oh, by the way, we might not know if the Sixers in the uh, Nets are going to play in the playoffs. We do know they're playing on March 10th down in Philadelphia, and Timmy Lave court side seat for that one. That one should be good. All right, last yeah. thing, when you're not doing Nets, you're a uh, NBA TV guy doing Euro stuff. I know you're uh, completely immersed with Brooklyn basketball right now, but you got a little eye on the uh, Euro leagues and the like. Uh, we're m- months away from the NBA draft, but... How good are the Euros coming in this year? How many are we going to see in the first round? Any high in the draft? What's your latest Euro scouting update <laughs> not, look like?
1: I am not on top of that right now at all. Okay, I, I thought it's, I'd so, take a shot. Don't you, don't you feel like it's... it's a, Boy, there was a window that the San Antonio Spurs especially, like probably in the years 2000 to 2010, where it was... Everything was European, everything, all the players and everybody was, it's a little bit less. It doesn't seem like quite the same amount of players right now. And, uh, yet I'd love to give you insight, but I'm not. Uh, Get uh, I know. not, not
0: like it's I right. said, you're immersed in that's basketball. I was just wondering. I don't,
1: I don't, I don't know these guys. Well, I don't know enough to give a, a prediction. I do know that, uh, uh, a European player named Luka Doncic is playing nice. awful well lately and is a little bit under the under the radar right now and may, uh, may, may be a guy that people are talking about in an MVP conversation with your guy, Joel Embiid. So um, that could be interesting. Ooh, hey,
0: be so, careful. Don't leave DeMar DeRozan out. I got uh, lectured last night by one of my callers for not mentioning DeMar DeRozan in the MVP that, conversation.
1: You, you know why? You should, he's got to be there. I don't know. That's a great point. When there's a fourth quarter going on, I don't know that there's anybody that puts more fear into you than right now than like DeMar DeRozan. His ability to get in the fourth quarter, to get to that foul line area off a high screen and be consistently good and then get to the free throw line. He does. He does warrant some, uh, some MVP MVP consideration, especially how well the Bulls have played.
0: He is a scoring machine. Uh, we appreciate Tim Capstro hopping on with us. Enjoy yourself on March 10th when the Sixers and the Nets get <laughs> together, and you are already locked in for a Sixers-Nets preview if they do match up in the playoffs this year. Thanks for hopping on tonight, bud. All right, take care. Bye-bye. They call him the capper, Tim Capstraw, Nets Analyst, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Joey Mac coming back. We'll get the phones restoked for the final uh, 50 here. Hit me up, 855-212-4227. Get on with the Mac, man. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or
1: comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?